So I think that actually President Biden is uh, in a very strong position uh, to run a campaign that doesn't have to talk about him. The 2024 Republican presidential primary field is taking shape. The battle lines are becoming clearer, and so is the field of candidates. Is the odds-on favorites, if you look at the polling, still Trump versus Biden? That seems to be it, but it's just way too early to tell. I'm more angry now, and I'm more committed now than I ever was. Big challenge for these candidates is going to be how do they navigate Donald Trump? And, and how do they navigate Ron DeSantis? You and I have a rendezvous with Devin. Welcome back to the Ruthless Variety program. A big Thursday episode for you fellas. That was Hillary Clinton. We haven't heard from her in a while. She was offering some good advice on how to win a president. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, she certainly was, knows how to do it. She was telling everyone that would uh, listen that Joe Biden is in a good position to run a campaign <laughs> that, well, if it doesn't talk about him, it should be successful. Sounds, sounds like a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what it sort of reminded me of. There was that "What Happened" book that came out after oh, yeah. the 2016 oh, election, yeah. and, and and one of the most uh, hilarious insights that I learned from that book was that, you know, everyone gave her shit about like not going to Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. Remember, like yeah. the, it became sort of a meme of like how terrible her campaign was. But what they explained in that book was she was so unpopular <laughs> that when they would run ads in wisconsin her numbers would go down <laughs> and so the strategy had to be don't. pretend i don't exist don't bring it maybe you'll vote for me <laughs> that's, that's how horrible of a person she is but i mean look it correlates with the advice that she's providing joe biden oh no doubt right i mean I, look similar numbers yeah mid 30s in fact her numbers were actually exceptionally better than her than his yeah which is just stunning uh, wild yeah why do you know how incompetent that you have to be i mean think about the way that joe biden ran his campaign in 2020 where he's like ah, i'm basically a caretaker yep. i'm just gonna try to settle things down get people back to work you know we've got this COVID thing and everything else like we're just gonna settle things out and then he went on this like left-wing crusade yeah. republicans are jim crow yeah uh, we're gonna pass trillions of dollars of stimulus and, and then we're, we're also just gonna we're gonna make all of that contingent on the fact that it pays people who voted for me right for starters and then maybe the green new deal and then we're gonna be shocked when inflation happens yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean literally it's like the worst possible scenario this guy could have actually figured out how to be popular if he ran, if he governed like he ran. Yeah, but I think it's pretty much a done deal. The, the cake is baked, as they say. I mean, like, if you look at all these investigations that are going on. It's over. Hunter Biden. It's not going to get better. It's definitely going to get worse. It's going to get much worse because that's the thing you find out about Joe Biden is that anything you thought you knew about him mm -hmm. and like all of the. Oh, he's like a grandfather. He loves his kids. And then you're like, oh, that's Well, know, he actually weird. doesn't even recognize yeah, it's like, one oh, of it's, weird, it's weird that he doesn't recognize one of the grandkids. <laughs> but maybe that's, maybe that's a... Oh, his son actually uh, tried to, to marry the ex-son's... Yeah. Uh, 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 like, and, and all of a sudden, everything unravels. Five million from Burisma. Yeah, chump change. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think... Where's that, the money, Jack? I mean, I think that's a big part of the story, is it took a united front of the media and big tech to censor any dissent against him the last time he ran to squeak by yeah with the whole media saying that oh any anyone who speaks ill of, of joe biden that's russian disinformation they should be banned he's uncle joe is actually a very nice guy his I, kid did nothing wrong that's a, a russian disinformation laptop <laughs> 
And now everyone sees how disgusting and terrible this guy and his horrific family are. And he's got to run on that. Yeah. He's got to run on that. Uh, Well, listen, as long as we have a nominee who's a free man and capable of exiting Sing Sing, I think we should be all set. (laughs) The other thing that I pointed out to Josh um, yesterday, and I, I don't know if I mentioned it to you guys, But think about the content that Joe Biden has meant for the Variety program. (laughs) We have led off this show with no fewer than 200 (laughs) incidents of Joe Biden saying something completely bonkers. (laughs) Yeah. And like George Bush said two or three things and everybody's like, oh, Bush, he can't remember anything. And and. 200 incidents and we still have stuff on the cutting room floor there's so much more we can do with joe biden's mistakes yeah if we actually went looking for stuff it would be infinite yeah no we're just picking the worst thing that day (laughs) that day you know (laughs) and and that's not even dutch and kamala it's just a stutter it's just a Saturday. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, no question. <laughs> Everything is all is well here in the nation's capital. Thank you for joining us on a big program. Uh, and thank you for all of you who are watching on YouTube. This is a relatively new thing for us. I think we're improving the product a little bit every day. Uh, we got good feedback, though. Yeah, I always love seeing those comments from everybody. Uh, if you have only listened, give it a shot. Go to the YouTube page, subscribe, and join in the fun on there. It's it's really good content, and even some stuff that you don't get a chance to hear. We got some extra goodies up there. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun stuff. Uh, right, and also, we got to pimp the merch a little bit here too. Yeah. I mean, oh, let's look, look, our our friend here, John Ashbrook, has a wonderful quarter zip. Oh my gosh! Yeah, look at that. Sharp. And you know what? He paid full freight. I, I know. You I sold bought it me, myself. Sold me right down the river. I bought it myself. Well, I I just I got online. Listen, I I, I listened to what Michael said last week. <laughs> and I bought a coffee cup. I bought a couple of koozies. I bought a T-shirt. I bought. A hold on, hold on. Let me log in. He's, I got to log in right now because I want to see your purchase order. Oh my and god! I want, this I, is fact checking. I want to see yeah. if you bought it through the subdomain. You want to read out his credit card number? While you're did you at it? did you buy it through the subdomain? I, I you know I don't know. I googled. And for folks at home, that store domain store. is store.ruthlesspodcast.com. <laughs> yeah, I myself have ordered a vest. Oh, order mugs. order placed by John Ashbrook. Here I see it. Fulfilled. I mean, uh, you're going to scare people. You got the mug, too. I did. I got wow. a black mug so that he it will contrast told, with the white table. You. Smug wants us to use the white mugs. I think we should use a black mug because it contrasts with the white table. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're an artist. Listen to this. And we're bringing everybody into our problem. Yeah. You bought it through the subdomain. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good subdomain. <laughs> Let's go. What, and again, once again, what is the subdomain, Michael? It is store.ruthlesspodcast.com. Excellent. Yeah. Super easy to understand. Everybody should get that. It's a number one refer. Yep. <laughs> oh well it's going to be a wonderful wonderful weekend we've got a u.s open all kinds of different things so uh, i hope everybody's enjoying themselves as we get into summer and they've got great summer plans that include the ruthless variety program we have some big summer plans that we are going to announce here shortly Mm. you're not going to want to miss because this is like big ticket yeah stuff mm-hmm. big deal this is we've had it under wraps for a while we've had we've been working on people have been like hey why why you guys haven't done you know you haven't done a ton of uh shows like outside of well just you wait just you wait you're going to get that opportunity uh let's start with some five stars fellas and as we do always the voice okay this one is from jay brandino i think it's jay brando Brand don't okay. Thank you, Michael, yeah. for the pronunciation. Well, yeah. I think it was yeah. anyway. He got an A in AP French. Folks. <laughs> 
It's titled Unemployed Monkey Jockey. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, it's a Frenchman. Clearly a Frenchman. (laughs) We got to turn our scope on them. I freaking love this show, is what he writes. I listened to a lot of pods because I spent a lot of time driving to work, and Ruthless was a suggested follow. I have not been disappointed. Oh, man, this is, I already love this guy. Y'all literally make me bust out laughing on every show. I'm a political junkie, and I can honestly say that no one equals the variety show on being both informative and hilarious. That's Thank awesome. You. I'm happy to now be a devoted listener and proud resistance fighter in the coming animal war. Excellent. Yes. Thank you very much. This is a very serious fight, and, and I'm <laughs> glad that... <laughs> Thank you for your service. Yeah. Only, only the most committed. Right. Yeah. I will gladly. (laughs) Come on. I will gladly nut punch a kangaroo (laughs) to prove my fidelity to the cause. See, and that's the kind of warrior you look for. That's right. Because there are a lot of people, you know, like we've heard from a variety of guests who have encountered kangaroos and they give you a conventional way to take one down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What this gentleman is offering us is an exceptional sort of self sacrifice because you know, if you go in and you kick a kangaroo in the nuts, uh, I think it'd be a one shot kill. I think it's also it's uh, it's smart. I think it's smart because they're sort of pear shaped. Mm-hmm. Like that is you know that's the meaty part of the target right down there. Yeah, but do they? <laughs> well, she's so so. My God. Well, what we learned. This is a family fellas, program. <laughs> fellas, what? <laughs> well, uh, meaty part aside, uh, it does probably make you vulnerable to their hind uh, quarters, which are quite strength. Yeah, that I can't even speak. Yeah, but I mean, after the nut punch, they're not going to be able to. Oh, not yeah. going to be able to bounce. Yeah. You should see the next line. I don't think he's a Frenchman. No, no, no. Well, maybe his forefathers are. <laughs> and and what I'd like to say is that the French were great allies of the Americans in, on D-Day. And I think in the Animal War, they're showing that the apple has not fallen far from the tree. <laughs> What's the last line? He's writing, this Kentucky and is glad to have joined you in keeping the faith, holding the line, and owning the libs. Keep up the great work and go easy on the old man. Oh, Excellent. listen to that. He yeah. had a little some some love for the old man. Yeah. The Frenchman from Kentucky. No, I don't think he's a Frenchman. <laughs> I think he was... Wait, you, wait, you just pronounced his name. No. Like I, a French student. No, I think he was doing a joke like Brandon, except don't. Brand don't. Oh. Like, let's go Brandon. Yeah. I thought oh. I think that was sort of the play. Well, he leave it to the old man. He's a code breaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just... Just I'm a linguistics expert. The Zodiac wouldn't have lasted a week with him behind the house. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we need him in law enforcement. That's <laughs> right. All right. Uh, Smugglesworth. This is from Callie D. It says, two subscribers, one household. I'll start this by saying that, yes, I found Ruthless through Megan Kelly. Thank All right. you so much. Uh, in my defense, I don't listen to political podcasts and had just subscribed to MK when the guys joined her show for an episode and I was hooked. I've been an avid listener since and turned my husband into a subscriber after annoying him with secondhand bi-weekly updates for weeks. Thank you so much. All our listeners, please hassle everyone you know. (laughs) Uh, He and I both found it lighthearted way to hear about politics with a dash of crazy animal news. We haven't taken a picture yet, but we did buy a matching set of koozies to drink our beer, and thank you for that. Nice. And don't worry, it's not Bud Light. <laughs> Thanks for the great show. We can't wait to see what's in store for the election cycle. That's awesome. Thank Callie you. D, appreciate it. All right, uh, Duncan Harunkin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is from 
TRGS ten twelve two. Disney adults truly need our help. This yep. is a hobby horse of the variety program. It is. Two-year listener here. After recent episodes listening to the fellows discuss their views on Disney adults, my buddies and I started sharing tweets of Disney adults back and forth and saying, charges. (laughs) 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 Several days ago, a post appeared on my Facebook timeline of a person I had grown up with that made a post from the Magic Kingdom. Her and her now fiancé were wearing custom T-shirts. His read, you you can stop asking if we're engaged and hers read he asked and i said yes complete with mickey mouse or mickey ears and a disney provided celebratory lapel pin the urge to comment charges was the strongest (laughs) urge i've ever had Thank you, fellas, for bringing much-needed attention to this epidemic. And, of course, thank you for your work on providing the best, easy-to-digest conservative commentary. Maybe together we can bully Disney adults and liberals into hiding. We all know they're liberals anyway. Uh, I love our listeners so much. Excellent five-star. Like, you might might torch a friendship on Facebook for, (laughs) for a funny goof. I mean, just that's absolutely goofing. worth it. Just Great trade. Just goofing a little. <laughs> but if you, if you wear a, a shirt like that, you're kind of you're asking, asking for, it. for it, right? Yeah. You're asking charges. You, you, they're only good friends if they tell you what they think. That's yeah, true. That's exactly right. You got to share that. Um, all right. So we like to talk at the end of every week a little bit about sort of who won the week, who didn't win the week. The obvious thing that we've been all dealing with this week is the Trump indictment, mm-hmm. right? And We'll start with a story uh, that came out of what the hell? What is this website that McDaniel's got us on? D N Y U Z. What the hell is that? It's... How do you even find something like this? I mean, I'm, I pulled it up. I have never seen this citation entire in my entire life. I have to imagine that there are more places than this that have uh, talked about this topic. Yeah, but... this looks like sort of an aggregator website. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, D N Y U Z it is, and you only get it here on the Variety program. <laughs> Democrats celebrate. <laughs> D N Y U Z is like this is our best day for traffic bro, ever. Bro, all all they did was basically just take a bunch of stuff from the New York Times. <laughs> oh, so it's a New York Times story. Well, that's their first link. Okay. Anyway, all okay. they do is okay. just like aggregate and they're like, yeah, but we're writing it. all all credit to DNYUZ. <laughs> do, do you think it's possible McDaniel just put up? Is he like monetizing? Yeah. Is like what if he's doing that? <laughs> he's, put, he's producing. The, and, and what if what if he, what if he's part of penis? <laughs> Dude, it makes so much sense. That in like study says. Yes. Or study finds. Study finds. Uh, yeah. Study finds. Big penis. He's getting paid on the side. And now DNYUZ McDaniel, you bastard. I know exactly what you're up to. He finally figured it out. Well, anyway, they talk about how Democrats celebrate and fear the indictment of a chaos machine. While President Biden and his top allies have largely stayed silent about Mr. Trump's indictment, rank and file Democrats were far more eager to talk, responding with a mix of jubilation and deep apprehension about how the federal prosecution of former president and current White House candidate could convulse American politics. Interviews this week with more than 60 Democratic members of Congress, state legislature, I mean, first of all, is there any chance that like D 
NYUZ was doing the legwork on that yeah. reporting. Yeah, they were really, they were really <laughs> dialing up to all their sources. That's that's <laughs> DNY. Like I I can't believe McDaniel didn't think we were going to bust his balls with that. That's like yeah. literally the top story in our in our document today. Mm -hmm. DNYUZ. <laughs> what in, in the flying fuck attach? Is that working this their sources like, in the state? So, this is like a, I mean, this so is like you literally could like trace the out. Uh, I no, love no, 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 I, no, no, I no. love when Holmes does this because it's like vintage, like Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> well, it just makes me so mad. <laughs> no, it, it, this is a great story. This is a really interesting story. So I actually, while you were speaking, googled who's the owner of D N Y U Z. And it is Matt McDaniel. It, 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 it's, it's even better. It says DNYUZ is an Armenian website that plagiarizes content word for word from major news sources. They literally copy and paste entire articles and embed their advertising code for profit. Honestly, shout out to this Armenian guy. <laughs> coming out of my nose <laughs> i can't breathe it's armenian it's it's based in armenia and uh, <laughs> this this from uh, a, a website which is like tries to rate the credibility says that apparently armenia's press freedom rank is moderate which so i like this place more the more i learn about it <laughs> sounds like it might be an okay guy he's screwing the ny times out of money they're not treating journals well over there <laughs> DNYUZ sounds kind of okay to me. <laughs> A new push funded by venture capitalist Matt McDaniel. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. That, you know what? Let's just skip this. I don't even feel comfortable talking about it. But the point is, is that like this whole thing has thrown everybody for a loop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And nobody really knows how to handle it. You've seen rank and file Democrats that are like, it's good, right? And but it's not I don't know like they don't have any way mm -hmm. under because they've seen the Trump show mm -hmm. for the last six years mm -hmm. and every time they think that there's something that's absolutely totally disqualifying for President of the United States the guy rises again like the Phoenix. Well, here, here's the thing: if you talk to Dem consultants, which is something that you 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 have to do if you want to get the best intel about your opposition, if you talk to Dem consultants. What they hope for is a Trump candidacy. They don't think that they can get their side enthusiastic about a Biden reelection. They just don't. So they're hoping that they can run against somebody like Trump in because he's the turnout machine in a context like this with an indictment and another indictment. And, and you, you know, all of you libs, you hate Trump, turn out and vote against Trump rather than vote for Biden, because they all know that Joe Biden is 200 ruthless episodes of content. Yeah. They know he's not actually No one actually likes him. Right. So they, if, if, if you talk to them consultants, they, they are a little bit concerned that this indictment might preclude Trump's ability to be our nominee, and he's the one they want to run against. Yeah, I, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not dogging Trump. That not, that, that is, is not, that, that is what you just, hear. From it, them. It, it's what you hear from Dem consultants. But they yeah. also, I mean, look, it's not just the case in the presidential. It was the case in the midterms as well. What Democrats right. would tell you is where they had candidates that didn't excite anybody and nobody knew who they were. Like their whole point was to just try to infuse Trump because they knew it was a Democratic turnout appara apparatus. Right. I mean, that's that's 
Well, that's what they've done since 2017, right? I mean, they they ran against Trump and got their tails kicked in 2016, and then right. they've won 18, 20, and 22 by running exclusively against Trump. Like, what else are they running on? I mean, no. honestly, everything else that they've done is completely sucked. Because, yeah. of, because of what the media did to Trump's brand during his four years in the White House, and I mean, it's, as unfair as it may be, they ruin Trump's brand. Yeah, I mean, I I totally 100% agree. I, I, I do think, regardless of who the nominee is, they'll try to do the same thing to them as this well. I mean, true. I just this saw the, this is true. The, yep. the, the clip from last weekend at the Tony Awards where somebody got up there and said, uh, Ron DeSantis is like the grand wizard of the KKK. I mean, they'll do it to everybody. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if it's not Trump, like that stuff's still coming, yep. you know? I love, you know what the funny thing is, is I love the fact that like broadcast television can just do these award shows with these psychopaths yeah. and give them free airtime to say shit like that and they don't have right. to apologize for it. Right. No. Like can you imagine the the inverse? Imagine the inverse of that. Well, I mean, I think part of it is it when it comes to stuff like being part of the Hollywood elite, it helps get you in the club. They're oh, like, for sure. Oh, yeah. you said Trump's a bad guy. Hey. Right. You're one of us now. Right, and there was there was this was the Tony Awards, and there was just a full applause. So you know the partisanship of that audience. Yeah. You knew it before before they made the comment. Well, but I mean, it's, it's an like, entire award show for themselves. I mean, can you imagine a world more insular than like theater kids giving each other awards? <laughs> like, look, I like a good Broadway well, show. Well, you were a theater kid yourself. I was not. I a, was mad not. a madrigal. Well, I was. I had a great voice, but i i wasn't I wasn't in musicals or theater productions. All I'm saying is, like, Charges. nobody nobody tunes into the Tony Awards and they're like, "Wow, I've seen all of these." You know what I mean? <laughs> like nobody, like maybe. The sun will come up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like an award. It's an award show just for the people in the room. No, like, you're right. Even more than the Oscars or anything else. Also, I think it's probably like everyone knows if I use my moment up there like there were how many actors or actresses that were nominated for this they know if i go up there and say republicans mm -hmm. are bad yeah i'm getting headlines attention mm -hmm. everyone knows me when i'm looking for a part they'll mm -hmm. be like oh hey this brave stunning and brave person we should give them the job and to your point holmes all of these networks are operating on a license that is given to them by the taxpayers i think a lot of people do not do not really understand that NBC, ABC, CBS, they're all operating on a license that the taxpayers and that our government gives them to broadcast this left-wing bullshit across the airway. Yeah, and it's not even the news. It's like the, their late-night comedy is just basically lefty bullshit now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All and, of it. And all like, of it is, it, but it, it, it's, it, it's all on their broadcast license. They, they, they broadcast it on airwaves that we give to them. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, to, it was a big deal on Wednesday of this week, uh, talking about a Chiron that was on Fox. Mm, oh yeah. Uh, that, uh, I don't even free, I don't remember exactly what the Chiron said, but it was, you know, it was obviously, it was negative towards uh, Biden. Yeah, it was, it was something to the effect of wannabe dictator puts his political rival in jail or something like that. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. It's, pretty heavy. It's pretty heavy. That's kind of funny. It seems like the sort of thing that somebody in the production booth, Joke. like they, they put in there as a placeholder until they figured it out. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like they were right. just like, all right, this Chiron's there and like we'll replace it and we figure out right. what we want to actually say and then they forgot to delete it. <laughs> it's like the guy from point. Airplane. Yeah. Did, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's probably right. But anyway, the point is, is that, that that question 
about that Chiron on Fox was asked at the White House podium. Mm-hmm. Wow. Meanwhile, you got a Tony Awards show broadcast in broad prime time yeah, on right. a, a network right. where somebody can say something as maniacal as that. Right. And like, we're all just, well, that's yep. just part of what we do. This is an award yeah. show. You know, Hollywood's Hollywood. Yeah, well, they're lefties. So they're just going oh, to say Democrat talking points. That's boy, what they do. oh, boy. They sure are crazy <laughs> out there. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it drives me freaking crazy. Well, so, I mean, I think, obviously, you know, with this indictment of Trump, that the Democrats don't know exactly how they want to handle it, you know, to the thing you were saying earlier, Ashbrook, but... You know, I I think there were some of Trump's Republican rivals who um, were pretty direct in what they said about the charges, Nikki Haley being one of them, Chris Christie being one of them. And then you had Vivek Ramaswamy (laughs) running down to Miami to try to get everybody to sign his TPS report about loyalty to Trump. So it, I mean, it's been incredible, incredible content. Can you tell me, can you tell me, we talked a little bit about this off air. And I actually think that your theory of this case is the most fascinating one of them all. Oh, you want, me, you want me to I go had, into it? I hadn't thought about it until you said it, but when you said it, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I think Vivek Ramaswamy is the anti-Trump candidate. He's the most yeah. anti-Trump person in the entire field. Yeah, yeah, sort of counterintuitively, and hear me out on this for our listeners, but the entire theory of the case for him in his, in his entire campaign is how great Trump is. Right. And how he wants to do what Trump did. He yeah, he's going to say, like, maybe I would do it better and yada, yada, yada. And that's sort of like the scintilla of way that well, he pretends heard, to be I haven't running. even heard him say that. Right. But he's basically spent his entire time in this race defending Trump, you know, trying to challenge the candidates to defend Trump harder <laughs> than he's defending Donald Trump. So in that strategy, that strategy is a strategy that only puts him in the Oval Office if Donald Trump cannot be the candidate that he's literally in prison in prison so like he's by being the most pro-trump candidate in the race he's actually the most anti-trump because the only way this is successful is if donald trump is in prison (laughs) so like he is out there every day in my opinion cheerleading donald trump and secretly crossing his fingers behind his back and being like oh boy i hope he ends up in prison and then i can say and then i can say i can say well this is a horrible thing of course i didn't want it but you heard everything i said i defended the guy i was right to the end i I was there yeah vote for me yeah and maybe i'll get an endorsement out of i mean so uh, tactically he is the most anti-trump candidate by being the most pro-trump candidate it is so interesting that's interesting and it's i mean it's true it it is true and now you've seen a range of responses you've seen from from everybody else and there's the always now the question of Will you pardon him? And the man has not even had a trial. And right. not had one day of a trial. And the only question anybody can ask is about a pardon. And you got a range of responses on that, too. Dickie Haley said she would consider it. Yeah. Be- in, the, in the Gerald Ford pardoning of Richard Nixon style. Yeah, she... she, she not she, to speak of the charge. Like, her point right. was... Uh, this is not to try to diminish the charges. It right, would right. be her, for the best of the country. Her, her quote was, if this indictment is true, if what it says is actually the case, President Trump was entirely reckless with our national security. Right? Right. And I think we've made that comment on the show. We don't know what defense he's going to make. We don't know if this is true or not. But if it is true, that is certainly the, the case, what's alleged in that indictment. However, the one thing I would say, and this is like kind of goes back to the earlier thing on like who won the week. Absolute kismet for... Uh, Chris Christie, the former yeah. prosecutor who announces his campaign in this indictment comes down and there's no person in the I don't think in, in all of politics, Republican or Democrat, who's better positioned to 
speak to his experience about this thing and 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 speak extemporaneous about how these things go down. I mean, like and this he just is, so happened to have a primetime town hall, right? Scheduled, right. right? And so that would be my winner of the week would be Chris Christie, just because all that timing worked out on an issue that he obviously is super comfortable talking about and speaking very directly about. And that's my answer on that one. Yeah, so uh, to inject another candidate we haven't talked about, uh, former Vice President Mike Pence said on Tuesday that he could not defend the very serious allegations against former President Donald Trump in a federal indictment over the handling of classified documents, this is according to The Hill. Having read the indictment, these are very serious allegations, and I can't defend what is alleged, Pence said. Uh, but the president is entitled to his day in court, and he's entitled to bring a defense, and I want to reserve judgment until he's had the opportunity to respond. Uh, very Mike Pence statement, right? Yeah. It's, a, it, it's a responsible statement from a public official point of view. Uh, that's what we do in this country, right? Mm -hmm. People bring indictments against people all the time, many of which are acquitted of charges. And, you know, that's, that's what, but you do look at it from a political lens. And is there an opportunity there for him? Because he's very fired up about how he feels like the treatment of Donald Trump in particular towards him mm -hmm. as it relates to January 6th and, and post 2020 stuff. Uh, you wonder whether or not he could have like sharpened the razor a little on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know. I mean, because look, Donald are Trump's. You, are you saying that like Mike Pence didn't have the courage to issue a stronger <laughs> statement? <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. No, no I, I guess what I, I, I think what you're saying is like, if you're not in this race to say that, then why are you running? Because you're like, Mike. Because you're Mike Pence. You were the guy's vice president. So like you were the closest to Donald Trump. If you feel like this conduct happened while you were vice president, and you probably do think that because there were people who were saying hang Mike Pence on January 6th, right? Yeah. That if you're not in this race to talk about those sort of things, what are you doing, right? I think that's exactly, my, my point is that we've handed, the American public has handed him the largest Easton baseball bat in this race. He's the guy that was closest to the action of a guy who's leading this presidential primary by 50 frickin' points. Yeah. He's obviously, by the virtue of the fact that he's running for president, doesn't believe this guy's the best person to serve the country. Mm -hmm. So let's get at it. Well, uh, right. I, I, I mean, yeah. let's get at it. So, and I, I, I'm not just saying like he, he could he could set this as a, I, this right. is a responsible statement. I'm yeah. not saying this yeah. is the one place that you need to engage, but I, as an observer of politics, I'm just waiting for that. Right, and I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with with what you're saying here. Uh, but you know, Mike Pence is from the Midwest. He, I, I just, I fundamentally believe that you cannot grow up in Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, Illinois. You can't, you cannot grow up in the Midwest and have done to you what Donald Trump did to Mike Pence without having an idea in your mind of exactly what you want to say at precisely the right moment to stick it to him. Oh, so maybe that's it. Maybe maybe, so maybe, maybe he's maybe reserving. Maybe he just doesn't think this is the right moment. He's not, he's not going to just sort of like Gatlin gun the situation. He's going to wait for the sniper. Yeah, he's not going to be Chris, Chris Christie. And this is, this is a guy who's yeah. had a background in radio. When Rush was coming up, Mike Pence was coming yep. up. He was replaced by this uh, uh, just an incredible radio guy, Greg Garrison. So like there, there is a – he's got a history. He knows what to do. I, I just – 
I think fireworks are are in the offing. Maybe very, not, very but good. I think they could very, be. very good point. I, listen, we got a lot of talent out there. As we've said on this on this program, the one thing that everybody overlooks by the fact that Trump is leading this race by as much as he is is that there's some really talented people. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to offer my thought on who won the week. Yeah, I think Trump won it. He had. Was it 37? I'm I'm stunned. I'm stunned and surprised. It's what, 37 felonies that he's indicted on? Mm -hmm. And and his opponents can't say, I think that's a problem, vote for me. (laughs) And he's up by like 40 points. (laughs) Sounds like things are going okay. It's a very solid and astute point. If you get indicted on 37 felonies and nobody's coming at you, other than Chris, I think you kind of got the field in place where you want it. I think he's being cool about it, obviously, but I don't think Donald Trump would think he won the week. I don't think I don't think Melania would say he won the week. I mean, like, but, I just um, by but any you're not wrong. Standard, you're absolutely right. He, he's 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 leading the race. Right. This was a bad week for him. I mean, he's in the car and there's video of him like he's O.J. Simpson pulling away from the courthouse so he can get his bail. Like it's no, but Spug's got a good week. Spug's got a decent point. I mean, if you can have all that, if you can have the worst, going to take a a crack at it means hey, if you have the worst, I guess I got it. There's never I I face arguably my worst week since announcing, but none of my opponents come for the crown. No, how about this? I'll take it a step further. There has never been a major party candidate in the history of American politics that had a worse legal week than former President Trump had this week, and nobody's saying he's disqualified, other than Chris Christie. Chris Christie said he's disqualified. No, none of his Republican uh, uh, rivals are saying mm-hmm. that he should not, he should drop out of the race. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's strong. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, st- I still don't think that means it's a good week. Yeah, I mean, look, you are entitled to your opinion. It's, it's just—it's just my opinion. I mean, there's one guy up here who's worked for him twice, and I just—I just don't think it was a good week. <laughs> I mean, he was a thirty-seven count indictment from the federal government. You it might be fake. It might—it might be no good. Like I—I don't, I don't. You, you can't know, like, love it. You can't love it. You can't love it. Uh, you guys want to talk about some fats? Oh my God. We're back at this. Yeah. Oh, geez. With the flying fats straight back. Uh, we're paying twice for the same experience plus size travelers hit out at discriminatory policies uh, airline seat policies this is according to CNN Um, while the average width of an airplane seat has been shrinking for decades bodies are getting larger around the world with experts predicting that over half of the global population will be overweight or obese by 2035 uh, this means uh, that the more passengers, uh, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble because Michael is clicking around on the screen. I'm about to have a seizure. No, I'm not. Okay. Did you guys right see? Did right you, here. Oh, we all saw it. You saw it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, the, he's the internet guy. Yeah. No, it couldn't, couldn't possibly uh, be you. The thing that says Michael. Duncan <laughs> I'm going to start clicking my, again. I, 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 yep. There, there it is. is. There, there it is. is. Same thing. Same thing. Okay. Uh, this ultimately means that more passengers are likely to be finding out, finding it's difficult to fit into airplane seats, and some may be hit in the pocket as a result. Hmm. Fellas, what do you think about that? Well, I think that they're more concerned about their stomach than their pocket. And if they were to pay a little bit more, maybe they're going to get a better meal. And 
maybe they're going to get more than just peanuts when they sit on the plane. If, if you're going to have two seats on a plane, maybe they get mashed potatoes, maybe they get gravy. It's like you are, you're paying for the distance between the armrests. That's right. what you're buying. You're not like, we will get you there by any means necessary. It doesn't say that on the ticket. <laughs> if we have to like helicopter you in, you're covered by paying your $7 on Southwest. You know? $7. <laughs> Honestly, I think the solution to this is Southwest steps up. They just remove their seats. We all know it's steering. Oh, my God. <laughs> You oh just, my God! You like we no all know seats? it's, we you, know hold it's on, you hold on like it's a subway. No, you, you throw hay in there, <laughs> and then you say, you, "Like they always do." Like I guess their boarding procedure is basically the doors open and the stewardess jumps out of the way. Get in, you animals! <laughs> I'm, and that's that. You're no longer faced being encumbered by any seat. I'm at a loss. You throw <laughs> hay. Even even you the wolf. <laughs> even, even the wolf is losing it. You're you're suggesting that we convert Southwest Airlines yep. it's, to a steerage it, it's airline. Steerage. It's steerage. We all know it's steerage. Oh. You throw hay. You throw hay on the ground. You you you, you know cattle prod everybody in there. You lock the door and then you take off. You know if you're trying to get somewhere for an eight dollar plane ticket, that's what you're getting for your eight dollars. The seat won't bother you though. The railroad did something similar. They had passenger cars and they had cargo. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's cargo. You're, you're flying cargo at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So it turns out uh, they don't want to pay for an extra seat. People, think, people think you ought to. We've now solved this problem. Thank you, Smug, Done deal. for your service to the nation as it always is. <laughs> According to Time Magazine, tequila is about to become U.S.'s most popular spirit. That's bad for the environment. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, insane. This is the thing, is the climate death cult, their, I, their problem is not they're trying to save the environment because none of their garbage predictions have ever come true. You know, if you actually were committed to a cause, you try to have facts on your side, and we've seen time and time again, they're always wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. Their cause is human suffering. It These is. are just angry, hollow, empty people who are like, I want everyone to suffer like me. Whether it's those psychos who will like lay down on the road you know, so cars can't drive yeah. and they cause traffic jams. Whether it's the psychos that like show up to museums and throw paint on something. It's like, why would you do such an asshole move? No, this is right. to save Mother Earth. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's very clear that does zero to, to, to pick up trash on the highway. Right. What you're doing is you're just trying to make people suffer. You're trying to ruin somebody's day. Right. And, and it's never, you never see this from like, oh, this is somebody who has a solid job and a family and, and they go to church and they have a fulfilling life. It's always the weirdos, always the crazy people. And this is another example. They're like, huh, tequila's about to become the most popular spirit. Sounds like some folks are having a good time. Climate. How do we fuck it up? It's <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting, the stats. Uh, according to the Distilled Spirits Council in the U.S., uh, agave-based liquors like tequila and mezcal were the fastest-growing spirits category in 2022. And they're now uh, poised to overtake vodka as the best seller in the United States. I get that. And I, my, my uh, experience is totally consistent with that. Mm -hmm. uh, people, are, people who used to drink vodka are now really like into tequila. Mm -hmm. But bourbon's a thing, right? It's a th mm -hmm. th so that, that's what it said. Is it says, uh, 
It's overtaking. It's poised to overtake vodka as the best-selling liquor in the United States this year, after knocking whiskey into third place last year. Like, wow, wow. But but here's the, this is yet again Biden destroying this country. It's destroying the country. It's just America last. Our bourbon is losing to the Russians and the Mexicans. And the Mexicans. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's yeah. open borders liquor. America is losing yet again. And know. also, if you're a dude and you're not drinking bourbon, yeah. Come like, I, if you're a beer drinker, I get it. And you don't want to, you know, I get it. But if you're having, like, a mezcal soda have, or, like, a, you know, some it, kind of a... a ranch water is delicious. Anyone here? It's anyone great, here like but mezcal? it's like, I'm talking about, like, your drink. Just, like, you're oh, sipping yeah. neat. Anyone yeah. here like mezcal? Well, no, but, but I, I, I like a ranch water, and it's good in the summer, for sure. I, I love tequila. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I mean, I, I genuinely love it. But it's like, what's your drink? Yeah, right. I, I, it's, it's hard. A, it's, it's hard to be bourbon. bourbon. Yeah, it, I'm not going home. Hard to be I'm bourbon. not going home to watch the game and, and pour myself a ranch water. No, I mean after this episode, I'm going right to the rim. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a good old fashioned tip topper. <laughs> yeah, right to the rim with a tip topper. Uh, all right, fellas, let's play. But here, here, can I just make one other point in here? And this is getting to something Smug was saying a minute ago. The left and their allies in the press constantly love to just like push and push and push on climate change. Mm -hmm. What they never talk about is their favorite sources of energy, their yep. favorite sources of whatever. So here they have they here they have criticism of tequila byproduct. They never talk about the grease and oil and transmission fluid dripping off of windmills. They never talk talk about the the battery um, trash coming off of like these e electric vehicles. Yeah, they never talk about or that or, or or talk about the environmental impact of growing the soybeans to make all the soy products they want to replace the meat. I mean, the environmental impact of that is huge. Or the avocado. Like, do you know how much water it takes to grow avocados? Vegetarians love that bullshit. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, I love but that they don't talk about that. They'd rather, you know, keep us all you, sober you know, and miserable. Do you know how many kids it takes to dig for the precious mineral right. yeah. to to build an electric vehicle? How battery? many of their hands are, are it cost them in the mines to make this stuff? But that's the thing is it all this has nothing to do with facts. Again, it's just they want to have their misery spread to everybody else. Mm. That's all this comes down yeah. to. <laughs> But I think Holmes is right. I think we Let's should get play to a game. game. Let's play a yep. game. Well, it is Thursday, and that can mean only one thing. King of the Hill. And, uh, Holmes, you have our defending champion. I do. I've I got Bill defeating. Crystal. You have uh, Crystal. I'm the defending champion. Yeah. And I'm excited to take all comers. So we're, we're rotating now, and that puts Ashbrook in the match. And I think this will be the first time that we have a ringside announcer also playing in the game yeah so today i have matt dowd oh, oh there we go oh my gosh you're playing my man against mm -hmm. me and, and, and we have a before we we get into it we have a little bit of a little bit of controversy here in the variety program oh, that we? we wanted to do a rotation right in which the former um defeated you know becomes judge and then who was judged becomes bailiff, and then bailiff then his next competitor. No, that's smug, that's made up garbage. Smug, wait, so wait, <laughs> wait, so who's the, ju are you I'm the, the judge? I'm the judge, and Duncan is the bailiff because he is a loser. You don't get to become judge because you're a loser. That's just how it works. And wait, he, so he's you the go, judge for years. Okay, so the you people go, want a, I, a judge you, they can so, trust. Okay. I invented this game. I invented it. 
you right. a drudge, <laughs> right. a right. judge you could trust. So you it's go. Just, that's why they voted me in. <laughs> no, no but, like literally nobody voted you. Nobody did. I nobody. don't trust democracy. In fact, in fact, I'm I, a judge. I know what's right. In fact, I think if we put up a Twitter poll and we said who's a better judge and jury, Michael Duncan or comfortably smug, I I bet I could win that. I would win that. No, handily. I think you would. I think you would quote tweet it and be like, please vote for me. No, no. I mean, I, I mean, it, it's fine. It's fine. You're, you'll make a good bailiff. I have faith in that. So just to make sure I understand the rotation, it goes. Lose the match, uh-huh. become, become the, the bailiff, bailiff. Yep. then become the judge. Nope, there's none of that. Then no, we're absolutely doing that. And I it, here's the thing: we could maybe get a sidebar conversation about whether there's a tenure mm-hmm. for a judge, and whether they can preside over five matches, or something like that. You know, much like a you know, like a term, yeah. if you will. But we're not going to do the permanent thing. That's this. That's nonsense. Because I'm going to be judge, and I'm going to judge the fuck out of you as, and all as of your permanent stuff. judge. I would just like to well, start no, the just, game. I, 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 <laughs> I just think now, now that you've been judge, I would like to see Holmes be judge or Ashbrook be judge. I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. everybody wants to see things. Uh, okay. Mean, all right. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm judge. You're bailiff right. this week. We, honestly, we should just go to ringside. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. It's time for King of the Hill. In the red corner, fighting from an empty campaign office in Texas. Matthew Mailpattern Dowd. And now, in the blue corner, Fighting from Pierre Omadier's checkbook and current champion of the world, Bill War now, War Forever, Crystal. That's I good. love it. That's, That's just outstanding. I love it. That's great. Um, and I love that people see the video now too to know that this is actually he does it every time yeah, in real it's time. Alive. None of this is recorded. Um, okay, so you are the defending champion, which means you have to go first, Holmes. What do you got? Well, I'm just perusing a little bit, and here's where I'm going to start. Um, it was reported in Politico this week that Bill Crystal was summoned by a group of operatives, many of which are uh, Biden campaign operatives. Uh, People like Stephanie Cutter, Mm -hmm. well-renowned Democratic operatives, um, that they had brought in a whole bunch of people because they were concerned about the no labels Mm. uh, situation. And for those of you who don't know, the the no labels is a, not really a political party, it's, they like a C4 or something, they, they fashion themselves as sort of centrists. They're definitely left of center, significantly so, uh, but they're not happy with Joe Biden either. And their whole point is that they don't think that Joe Biden should be president, but they definitely don't think that Donald Trump should be president. And in the event that those two people are the nominees, they will run a candidate. And their candidate, they want to be Joe Manchin, mm-hmm. who has said himself he's interested. In this article, it was a part of it was that Bill Crystal was invited by Democratic <laughs> operatives. Awesome. And the whole article is about how they've like tried to steal people who are quote unquote Republicans to speak 
to mm. this issue mm. to, to invalidate the idea that this is a centrist thing. He tweets this out himself. Like, it, it's just like a complete self-tell. He tweets this out himself saying, no labels. One, quote, we're moderates and centrists, exclamation point. Two, Joe Biden is unacceptable, exclamation point. Three, Ron DeSantis is fine, exclamation point. Ridiculous. Hold on. He was invited to this thing and then he shits all over it? <laughs> oh, no. Dude, his point, his point is he's trying to, the, the entire article is about like trying to get these people to do their dirty work. Right, to be on board. To be just Joe Biden supporters. Yeah. And then he comes out and just full on attacks, no labels. Yeah. As a, as, <laughs> as a organization that is amoral, mm -hmm. apparently because their stated principles uh, don't include Ron DeSantis being unacceptable as well. Yeah. Wow. That's. You know, I'll make you a deal, Duncan. Huh? You should go ahead and try to judge. Give it a shot. What do you mean? You, you be judged this week. Oh, I'm, I'm going to bail it. I'm going to make sure everything stays in the rules. We'll that's see, so thoughtful. We'll see how it works. That's so thoughtful. What do you got? Okay. So you guys are familiar with these fires in Canada. Mm-hmm. And these, it's sort of seasonal. They happen in Canada in the spring, and this year they came. The, the smoke came down. Yeah, right. It was made big news. And you're familiar with how the left reacted to that. They yes. sort of seized on it as their uh, this like evidence that climate change is a problem, and then they need to ruin our lives because of it. Okay, so Fox News. Ran a pack, and I'm describing this simply because I cannot. So this is this is a Matt Dowd quote tweet of a tweet that he himself tweeted, describing a Fox News package. I know that the rules prevent me from. But he has quote tweeted himself. He's quote tweeting himself. Okay. And okay. I know the rules. If you, if, if you watch this on YouTube, you'll see that the rules prevent prevent me mm -hmm. from reading exactly what it is he's quote tweeting of okay. himself but i'm allowed to describe that it's a fox package observing yeah the wildfires the left seizing on these canadian wildfires mm -hmm. to push their climate agenda got it so here's what matt dow tweets fox news continues to air things that will contribute to sickness and death in america as they did during COVID. <laughs> He's, still on board. He's still on board. As they contributed to sickness of our democracy. Oh. Deplorable. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Just because they're questioning the left seizing on these fires. So, uh, uh, <laughs> They're just, they're not even questioning. They're observing that the left is, is talking about the what, fires. What, 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 I, uh, what I enjoy about Holmes's is that, like, Bill Crystal becomes a never-Trump guy and has been a useful idiot pawn of the left now for five, six years. Mm -hmm. He's known his role, right? Like, he provides them the fig leaf of institutional Republican cover for their left-wing, left-leaning bullshit, right? But he's still such a dumbass 
he doesn't understand his real role in that ecosystem. And so tweeting that is like the most amazing self-owned you could possibly imagine. Thank you for appreciating it. I just, I appreciate that so much. What I like about the one Ashbrook read is it's like, just can't help himself but to escalate everything to 11 and that it's not just the climate change stuff. It's not just COVID. He's like, all right, I've got a banger. All right, I need one more line. Also democracy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and for that reason, Ashbrook wins round one. Okay, okay. It's well-reasoned, I can't, I can't argue. Round two, Ashbrook, you gotta go first. Okay, this one is a little bit of a difficult choice here. Okay, here's what I'm gonna go with. Matt Dowd, a bit of Taoist wisdom on this Tuesday. Oh God. The wind in the forest always hits the tallest trees. Onward, brothers and sisters. <laughs> End of tweet. <laughs> Did he say end of tweet or, or was that you just sort of? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Onward, brothers and sisters, period. Okay. Thank you for the clarification. Well, you know, I mean, sometimes the judge has to know. Uh, so he, uh, Bill Crystal, is retweeting somebody who is uh, elevating Ron DeSantis's comments about uh, his irritation of the renaming of Fort Bragg. Yeah. As J.V. Last points out, oh, God. <laughs> infantilizing voters is one reason the Republican Party has gone down the awful road that it's on. Infantilizing politicians is just as bad. DeSantis is a literate adult with access to information. Embracing the cause of Confederate generals is his choice. <laughs> the cause, the cause. The thing is called Fort Bragg. Fort Bragg is one of the most famous, most patriotic places in the history of this country. Thousands upon thousands of our most brave men and women have passed through right. Fort Bragg in defense of this country. And yet, the only thing that it stands for is the cause of Confederate generals. You know, the, 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 the question... <laughs> I mean, what the... The question I'd like to ask is how many folks who are stationed at Fort Bragg have died in Moore's Bill Crystal advocate. Oh, that's, a, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> Look at this, the bailiff. Thank you, bailiff. Wow. Bailiff off the top row. Thank you, wow. bailiff. Well, I defend wow. North Carolina. Thank you, bailiff. Yeah, no, look. Um, I, I'd like to ask the bailiff if he has a bit of Taoist wisdom on this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 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 like, um, I like that whole vein of, of the Tao takes where sort of apropos of nothing, he's a philosopher. Um, but I don't think it compete with the Brad Tate. And for that reason, Holmes wins round two. Okay. All right. So he's retweeting a story. It's a, it's a pretty bad story about a West Virginia uh, state police operation and academy where they were like recording women. It, you know, it's like these things happen in, 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 places and they're terrible and they're prosecuted and which is happening yeah <clears throat> bill crystal's take on this 
but respectable types on the right told me that to express concern about some of the things going on in police departments makes me woke. <laughs> as, if, as if there was one human being anywhere on this country right. who is arguing that a police department is permitted to film women undressing right. in their own locker rooms. Yeah. I mean, that, like, conflating the thing is the most unbelievable. Yeah, when we got upset about defund the police, we were, we were really that's upset. What, that's what it was. We wouldn't be able to film women, that's, right? That, like, that was it. It's like, I can't believe we can't film them. Yeah. It's just, I mean, this guy, what a woke bastard. <sighs> yes. That's yes. great. Okay. Matt Dow, tweet number three. And I'll start out by saying this is another misuse of the internet. Uh, he is quote tweeting himself mm. wow um and uh i'll describe just just to try to stay do my best to stay stay within the rules here he is his original tweet is yeah, about, i'll allow you to read it it makes sense to me what read the original tweet that he this, quote is the bailiff. this is the bailiff are we co-judging is there a I panel know. i'm the bailiff i i, I allow the rules <laughs> What the hell? I decide. Go what ahead. What a courtroom is? Read this? it. Read it, Ashbrook. What's, what's the rule here? Can, should no, I just you can't. It? Okay. I don't know what the what the bailiff is talking bailiff. about. Okay. It's just a bailiff. <laughs> he's talking about how how much he's how many years he's played golf, and he's upset with the PGA, and he will never watch again. Okay. That's the, that's the tweet that he is <laughs> quote tweeting of himself. Okay. okay. And this is this is um, the probably the most ridiculous virtue signal I've ever seen in let's my life. Get, let's get to it. <clears throat> if I may. I counsel, this is outrageous. One clarification. If any golf event doesn't affiliate with the PGA and keeps an arm's distance from Saudi money, I will watch. <laughs> he goes on. I am hoping the LPGA isn't folded into this. Oh, come on. So he's suggesting that he is going to spend his weekends watching the LPGA. <laughs> I, I love, I, I love, I watch women's golf with my daughters. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you wouldn't want to watch that. What I'm saying is that he is using the LPGA as a virtue right. signaling right. tool right. to make it look like he is better than everybody else, right. which right. Is, is, describes his entire career. Yes, it's incredible. Wow. Oh, this is a tough one. This is a good third round, guys. Very timely on the on the PGA thing. I know. I know it really is. Very, you're very smart, Your Honor, and very handsome. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! Holmes, I, I just a full objection. Holmes, can you give me one more reread of yours? Oh, yeah. Um, I can do that. I'm going to have to pull it up though because. And, and he's not going to need a 90 minute wind up explanation like Ashbrook's did. I mean, like. <laughs> Yeah, I thought, I, that was like ten minutes. I thought he was going to have to motion for a continuance, Listen, right? I'm, like I, this guy's got it. Continuance. I, I apologize. The judge did not need that wind up. He is plenty smart to be able to perceive every aspect of that on his own. And I apologize, Your Honor. So, so it was. It, it was about the West Virginia uh, situation. Yeah, and uh, it was talking about the. A quote tweet where they no, I know. Some the filming of the women, yep. but respectable types mm -hmm. on the right told me that to express concern 
about some of the things going on in police departments makes me woke. Right. So this is like genre on genre, right? It's like he's explicitly explicitly saying woke, and he's doing the virtue signal of, you know what, I will watch the LGBTA or whatever, you know? (laughs) Like he's going to watch women's golf, which he's not. He's not going to watch, and I don't think he's a fan of golf in the first place. And so which is more offensive? I got to give it to Ashbrook. Oh, wow. Oh, I thought I had that in the bag. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I I guess it it comes. I think what what sold it for me is like it was so phony. Like it's the phoniness of it. Like Bill Crystal, like this is well plotted ground, like doing this sort of thing. And it's offensive. Sure. But this is not only offensive. It's just fake. It's fake. It's made up. He's never going to do it. And for that reason, Ashbrook wins. Thank you, Your Honor. I can't take credit myself. This is a guy who turned tail <laughs> on Republicans early on in the Obama presidency I am, I am, I am, when he went for Obamacare and everybody else was against it. I am one step closer to becoming a judge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, let's go to this interview. Chicks on the right. I want to welcome to the program two very interesting ladies. We've been listening to their stuff for a long time. You know them as Chicks on the Right, Mock and Daisy. How are you? Great. Gosh, it's good to have you. Uh, <laughs> ladies, listen, you've been in this line of work for a while. You've provided commentary. You did a radio show for a while. We did. Eight years. Yeah. Eight, uh-huh. eight years, two uh, highly intelligent women on the conservative side, which typically you're not given a microphone. Yeah. yeah. Well, talk to Facebook about that because they're constantly trying to take it away. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. Are you guys that controversial? But you had tech companies trying to take away your stuff? We were yeah, the trailblazers oh of we tech were. companies trying to take away our stuff. So way back in 2013, way back before like anybody was censored, we got taken down or threatened with a shutdown on Facebook. And it was such a huge deal at the time that it made the view. So the wow. view was talking about the chicks on the right. Oh, my God, they're getting taken down from Facebook because yeah, I, I don't think they'd care now. Oh, my God. They would never. It it happens all the time. And nobody cares now because it happens to everybody. That was so funny because I think that Whoopi even said that we that's kind of a cute name. Chicks on the right. And now she would just be hating on us. It's so funny. We were the OGs back then of getting (laughs) shut down. I love that. So wait, they didn't have the audacity to invite you on their program, though. Oh, God, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no one wants to walk in that hornet's nest. <laughs> no, no. Although I saw Tim Scott uh, a week or so ago did a very nice job on there, which is not typically like usually they just invite people on to scream at him. Right. Uh, but, you know, he kind of like calmed everybody down and they ever seemed like everybody was listening to his point of view. I think he enraged them a little bit because he was right and they were wrong. And he they was saying what I hear, but he did a fantastic job on that show, which is great. He really did. So ladies, tell us about Chicks on the Right. You guys have been doing this for a little while. Yeah, I feel like we could have birthed you. Is that yeah. an assumption? <laughs> <laughs> totally. You guys are millennials, right? Are you millennials? Not exactly. Real, real range here. We got a real, I mean, the old man is our, our resident millennial. I am. Yeah. Yeah, I think oh we're, who's the oldest? Who's we're the tweeners. Oldest? I, I, I'm the oldest, but it's At like a, a tweener generation ask? where we're dealing with like not Gen X, but not millennial. You okay. know what I mean? Like the, the unclaimed generation. 
Okay, um, we're that, yeah, we're Gen Xers, so we're definitely Gen Xers. We're the feral kids. <laughs> we were the ones that, you know, like our parents didn't know where we were. Yeah, we were yeah. left to fend for ourselves. Holmes, that Holmes, generation. Holmes yeah. says latchkey kids. Latchkey right? kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. we're the one, the ones that like the television basically raised. Yeah, right? yeah. I and mean, you're you're like your your daytime uh, father was Bill Cosby, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Actually, it was Charles time. Ingalls, if you want to be specific. Charles Ingalls. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally true. His daughter's now on Yellowstone. You guys understand that? So oh, is she really? That. I didn't know that. Jesus. Yeah. Laura? Laura Ingalls yeah. is on Yellowstone? No, 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 no. Not that, not that daughter. Not the TV daughter. His actual real life daughter. Oh. Um, Jennifer, I think is her. I think her name's Jen. Um, her, that that daughter is is actually Teeter on Yellowstone. <laughs> well, Michael Landon's daughter is Peter on Yellowstone. There's your trick. That's something. That's yeah. something. Well, so ladies, let's get let's get it. Look, you guys are extremely popular, and you're extremely popular because you kind of fuse pop culture with politics, social condition of this country. Uh, you you look at what's going on right now. There's many things to be enraged about. What's the top of the list and chicks of the right right now? How we have to put something at the top of the list. Yeah, but, no, well, I, yes. I, for me, like there's obvi the obvious things like the economy. I live in Texas, so the border is a big issue. And then, you know, national security. There's so many things that are the, the logistics, right? But for me as a mother, I have a 13-year-old daughter who is a, you know, state-level swimmer. So for me, it's transgenders and women's sports. Yeah, That bothers me. That bothers yep. me a lot. So that it hits close to home. There's all, you know, the culture, culture ride. That bothers me yeah. a lot. That's mom. Yeah. Well, Mock may, may has a, she may have a different answer though. Well, I, I would just, I mean, I would agree with all of that. All of those things are certainly things to be raging at. Um, and there isn't anything that the Biden administration isn't touching that hasn't turned to crap. So, I mean, like you can just be mad at everything that that they're doing right now. Um, but I would say like the top issue for me is also cultural in that I can't believe how freaking dumb everybody has gotten. And so I really right. worry. I, mean, I, I really like you see all those man on the street interviews, right, of people asking kids in their 20s, late teens, 20s, even into their 30s, basic questions about the foundation of the country, like how things work. What are the 12 months of the year? We've actually <laughs> videos about that. And they don't know. People don't know how to tell time on analog clocks. Like we're yeah. all just so freaking dumb. And so I really worry about that. I think yes. that's yeah, that's well to be concerned about. Yes, uh, in politics and in life, we noticed that you guys were big fans of Riley Gaines, as we are. We had yeah. on the program, though you guys have had her on as well. You mentioned the transgender issue as it relates to women's sports. Listen, I think you guys are uniquely positioned, obviously, being a voice on the right here for a while. But now seeing this to come to, to fruition, I mean, this is stuff that like 10 years ago, you wouldn't have dreamed. I mean, people, people forget Barack Obama ran for president in 2008 against gay marriage, right? right. And, and all of a sudden you, you flash forward 15 years and we're in a situation where we're good. We're just good with men playing women's sports. <laughs> right. mean, like, how does right. this happen? Yeah, it's crazy. Like we, that's, we started our site um, when Barack Obama ran for president. So we have been doing this for almost 15 years now. And wow. we, if you would have asked us 
when we started our site and started Chicks on the Right, um, that this stuff would be happening now, we would have been like, you're crazy. You know, there's no way this stuff would be happening. And there's no way that we would be careening off of this clip the way that we're doing so now. And it's, I mean, the warp speed that our culture is just going in this direction is so alarming, you guys. I just, it, and even in the past three, four years, even just as since Biden has been president, the warp speed that it's, it's just taken off, all this transgender stuff and the way that you're supposed to just ignore reality and truth and science is, it, it's baffling to me. I just can't, and we're supposed to just sit by and go, oh yeah, you know, this is just, this is the truth now when it's not the truth, when it's not reality. Right. And I, it's, it just blows my mind what's yeah, happening in our world. Turns out those slippery slopes are kind of slippery, huh? Right. <laughs> They're made of ice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> you just had the other day um, a transgender activist showing his breast implants at the White House. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he had the Biden administration finally found a line they they didn't want to cross, which is so fascinating, by the way. I mean, denounced it. This is the only thing they will denounce. This is like yeah. this is an amazing we didn't previously know that there was a line that yeah. they would find but apparently showing uh yeah. one's man boobs man man boobs on the white house lawn that's where they draw the that's, red line that that's is it. it that's it yeah. we, call those, we call those bolt-ons that's what we call them <laughs> yeah that's what we refer to those as yeah i mean this is the, like this is they were going to bring decency back to the white house yeah. right that's what they said <laughs> there it is everybody yeah, I, mean, I think more technically we call them aftermarkets. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. What are we doing? And, well, and they, they don't get to do like they don't get to release their little statement and be like, this is inappropriate and unwelcome. And we're just not going to invite that person back. This is what they brought to the White House lawn. Yeah. They own all of this crazy. And I, I would hope, I mean, again, I, I just talked earlier about how dumb everybody is, but I would hope the more reasonable among us recognize the fact that those are exactly the kind of people they invited. They And they yeah. should have known that that was what they were inviting. That's, they yeah. should have known. They, they are who we thought they were. You exactly. know, like yeah. this, this activist, if you go to this person's uh, Instagram, it is very clear. Like, like <laughs> You should have expected this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the White House, the White House made their bed. Now they got to lie in it, you know? Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. So let's let's back it up and go to 50,000 feet and just look at our political situation, <laughs> shall we? Uh, clearly, there's been some news in the last <laughs> week. Uh, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly, that uh, may or may not have impact on ultimately what Republicans decide to do. Where are you at with all this, ladies? Is this something that uh, like, have you picked a candidate? Are you guys gravitating towards a candidate? What, what, what's your thoughts? Uh, Mock, you go first. Okay. Throw um, you under, right under the bus. I'm throwing her right under the bus. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, ha I have a, I have a preference. Let's just say that. Okay. Uh, right now for DeSantis, I have I have hoped that he would run for president before he even re-ran for governor. Um, I had the DeSantis 2024 sweatshirt well before he was reelected for governor. So this has been somebody oh, wow. I've had oh, my gee. eye on. Oh, yeah. I've had my eye on him for a long, long time. Now, 
by the time he finally got in, I was already feeling pretty defeated about his chances because um, the the Trump supporters are really loud and really devoted. Um, and we have a lot of them in our audience. So a lot of people in our audience right now are not happy with me at all. Anytime that I dare to criticize Trump in any way, even if I'm just reporting about what's happening to him, they get upset. And so, um, you know, right now, I appreciate what you guys said in your uh, podcast earlier in the week where you were talking about how it is possible to recognize that what's happening to him is incredibly wrong and unfair. And it's just it defies so much about the um, what we should believe about the justice system. And it sucks that it's happening to him and it didn't happen to Hillary and it didn't happen to Biden. All of that can be true. And I agree with all of it. But it can also be true at the same time that he fucked up. Yeah. Did I say that? No, oh, yeah, no, no yeah. we've okay. got a free, we yeah, real free flow here. But, but like, yeah. if I say that in our show, then they, people lose their minds. And I think yeah. both things can be true at the same time. And I was glad to hear you guys say similar things. Well, look, yeah. I think we, I think we both have uh, a similar approach, which is we're not going to lie to our audience about anything, right? Yeah. And we're going to call it as we see it, and you tune in or you don't, based upon our interpretation of the facts as being sort of in the center of this discussion in a lot of ways. And we have a lot of these candidates on and we talk to them directly where people can hear it. But when we see something like, look, when the FBI asked for a bunch of super classified documents back and you, you decide that you're not going to do that and you sort of like hide them, yeah. uh, it, there's problems with that. Anybody knows that. And like your average American, if this were to have happened to, they'd be in Sing Sing by now. Right. I mean, this is this is this is real stuff. It's not it's not stuff to just sort of say it's OK to have criminal conduct because I agree with the politics and I think this is super unfair. It is very fair to say there are two systems of justice in this country. Absolutely. Without question. No yeah, question. Without question. That's happening. Yeah. Uh, but, I, it's, yeah. but it's also important to recognize facts are facts and you don't have to bend yourself into a pretzel to defend the indefensible. No, totally. Now, what Mock has kind of a horse. I, I, on the other hand, I don't have a horse in this race. I, I'm the person of the two of us who I want to see all the horses up on a stage <laughs> doing their little horse dances and performing. <laughs> a dressage, I decide a horse. Right, exactly. I want to see all of that before I decide who my horse is. And that being said, I also think that we're not um, focusing enough on election integrity and what's happening with our um, elections in this country, because I, the past couple of years have been very disturbing for me. I'm a um, a precinct chair here in Texas and that, you know, just seeing behind the scenes stuff that goes on and what happens and people getting to the polls and and not getting to the polls and what are just our party in general being sort of complacent and things like that. I mean, I think there's a lot there's a bigger conversation to be had other than just you know, one guy being my guy, you mm. know, we have as a, as a party, I think we have bigger conversations that we need to be having, um, you know, when it comes to our elections and I don't know if we're having those conversations at the party level. So uh, there's just a lot more to it than just who's your guy. You know what I mean? Um, yep. So yeah, I, I haven't, 
I don't have a guy yet. I don't have a guy. I don't have a woman. I don't know who it is yet. I need to see how they all perform on a debate stage. And I hope to God that all of them are on that debate stage and doing what they need to be doing, which is getting up there and participating in, you know, their civic duty, which is showing us what they got. All of them need to be up there. I hope that they're, you know, that they're doing what they they should be for the American people. And I, when I say all of them, I mean, I hope Trump's up there, too. Yeah, and he's yeah. not like I'm, I'm. You know what I mean? Because there's talk about that. There's talk about him being so far ahead that he doesn't need to be up there. And I really hope he shows up for the American people in those debates. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because in America, not only are we allowed to speak our mind, we're allowed to vote for somebody who we think is going to lead us in the right direction. And exactly, who's going to lead us in the right direction is the Republican who can win. And right. the thing is, one part candidate. One part, actually putting the votes in the box. And, you know, mm -hmm. there have been a lot of questions, a lot of concerns about the last couple of elections in a row. But what mm -hmm. Republicans need this time, and it sounds like what you're saying is like, who is that person who is not only going to capture the general electorate, but also going to be able to deliver the votes in a way that hasn't been done in the past? And so, exactly. like. I think I think this is a this is a really good way to look at it. What you're what you're describing is that like lay lay it all out in front of me. We live in America. We're allowed to choose. This is what is people have fought and died for for us to give us this ability to do it. And everybody should be on the debate stage. Yes. Amen. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I listen, I imagine most of the people in your audience uh, agree with that, because, look, I mean, if they you don't. <laughs> you don't think they are? You'd be surprised. Yeah, really? you'd be surprised. They, yeah. I, I, for whatever reason, I don't know if they're just hate watching at this point, um, but it seems like the vast majority of our audience is very devoted, extraordinarily loyal to Trump. Now, I see, you know, some, there's exceptions, obviously, um, but for the most part, the, the loudest, I guess I would say, among our audience. Yeah. Just like Trump or nobody. And to me, I'm, exactly. I always say, only Trumpers are as dangerous as never Trumpers, because in the end, we got to get behind whoever the Republican nominee is if we want to beat the idiot that is currently the president. No, and so no, I, get, no I get really upset about people who are like, well, if it's not Trump, then I'm just staying home. That's well, it. thanks for reelecting Joe Biden. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that's what that's what Democrats are so good at. They're they are really, really good at rallying. And that's one thing that we've got to get better at as a party, as conservatives. We've got to get better at coming together, uniting and rallying. Yeah, I mean, We're if you can line up, if you can line up behind Joe Biden, you can line up behind it. Right, right. And right. in such rapid succession, I mean, you had Iowa where Biden loses, embarrassingly so, loses yep. in New Hampshire, embarrassingly so, wins South Carolina. Everyone's like, oh, well, I guess it's his nomination, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and so yeah. the, the, they've done such a better job, I think, in exactly like you said, sort of rallying behind yep. and having a unified goal of beating Republicans than we have in, in beating Democrats. I mean, these people rallied around Fetterman for Christ. Yes, I know. <laughs> you know, the order of our times. Yeah, which goes back to my original point that people are just stupid. Yeah. And that's my biggest concern. <laughs> exactly. Well, look, I. Let me ask this, because you guys have been doing this long before the Trump era and some of well, us. That, can I just interrupt you really fast to just yeah. say that we got a tweet from somebody the other day that was like, you're only here. You, The only reason that you have the career that you have is because of Trump. And I was like, 
that's weird because like we had this career before he was even a political candidate. Right. And so, yes, we've been doing this well before Trump. So thank you for yeah. saying that. <laughs> so this is the thing. If, if I could just jump in here, because I think the majority of people on our side, the majority of people in America uh, who are going to be voting for the Republican this time around, some of them have have very strong loyalty to Trump. OK, I get it. He's gotten a raw deal. But I would say my loyalty, and I think uh, everyone here might agree, my loyalty is to the people in the small towns and parts of Ohio that don't have a voice. And Joe Biden sure as hell isn't going to give them that voice. Right. Loyalty is to them. We need to win for them. We don't need to win for Trump. Trump's a billionaire. I love him. I want him to do well. I, do, I think he's yeah. got a raw deal. But we need to win for the people who do not have a voice. That's our job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I Amen. agree 150%. Yeah. yeah. Really well said. I mean, on that score, though, and this is sort of what I was leading up to, is having done this before the Trump era, and we were all sort of a part of politics in one form or fashion prior to 2016, um, conservatism uh, was sort of differently branded. And I wonder, as people, as two people who are ideologically on the right, does it concern you at all? that we've had an opening foray in this primary campaign about, I don't know, who can better protect uh, entitlements, for example. Uh, does it concern you at all with, um, you know, a broadside attack the other day about uh, a flat tax and being something that is sort of antithetical to Republican principles? In other words, what we've come to know as conservatism for people who were involved prior to 2016, it doesn't seem to be showing up anywhere in this discussion. Yeah, has it, be I think has it become a losing in a losing proposition such that people have had to move to the center? I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know what the I don't know if there's a, a good answer to that question. I mean, I know there are some candidates, to your point, talking about entitlements and others who are like not going to touch them, not going to rock the boat. And so I don't know how you avoid a discussion about something that is literally going to disappear in 10 years time without addressing it. It's kind of a big elephant in the room. So, you know, I, I it don't feels know. like a fake. It feels like a fake discussion. I mean, that, the reason I raise it is because it feels like, look, if you're in the context of a primary and you're not having that discussion, when are we going to have the discussion? Well, I think right. and they, I, they've kicked it down. They've kicked that can down the road for, since we've been doing this. They've been kicking that can down the road. I mean, we. And that's what conservatism should be all about is talking about that kind of stuff, because we have to be it's like we I think we wrote about this in our book. It's we're the broccoli party, right? They're yeah. the ice cream party that we promise people. We say, listen, you got to You've got to tighten your belt and do certain things. And it, you may not like it, but tough shit. And that's just the way it goes. They and then then the Democrats offer everybody free stuff. And we're going to give you ice cream. That's why Joe Biden eats ice cream all the time, right? We're going to give you ice cream. And it's going to be great. And it's going to taste great. And it's going to be great. And here's all your free crap. And here's your free college and free this and free that. We don't do that. You know, we're not, we are not the party of that. That's not what the founders wanted. That's not what they wanted. The founders were not all about giving everybody free crap. You know, that's not what it is. We've got to get back to basics. And we're the party that's supposed to be telling everybody about that. We're supposed to be educating people on that. We're supposed to be conservatives. And we we have strayed so far from that. It's so hard to spot a real conservative in Congress in the Senate these days. It's so yeah, hard. Yeah. Totally. So I I have one question for you guys because we love talking to folks who, you know, don't travel in the same sort of DC swamp 
world that exists here, and I know you're in Indiana and in Texas, what is the one issue that you hear in your communities that's not being discussed in the national political discussion? Hmm. Not, that's not being discussed enough, probably enough. in the national yeah. political discussion. I think the one that they brush, I mean, I'm in Texas, so I would say the, the, the one that they, that people brush off a lot is the border, you know, cause they don't live it. Yeah. I think that, that like the people that are living, you know, like on the East coast or whatever, they just yeah. brush it off cause they're not living it. They're like, well, unless, unless, you know, illegals are shipped to their town yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, well, crap, <laughs> really? That's a problem. Oh God. oh God, the border, you know? And then they have to, then they have to deal with it. And then they're pissed off because the illegals are coming to their town. But, you know, people down here in El Paso are dealing with it all the time, you know? And then uh, other, other towns that are, you know, bordering those towns are getting the trickle effect. And so, I mean, it's Texas people live that stuff. And, and, you know, people in DC don't have to. So yeah. that's, yeah. I say, the, I say the border from somebody coming, somebody that lives in Texas, I'd say the border. Well, and I would say too, that it's just your typical kitchen table issues because so, you know, we're so in this all the time. Like we know every detail of every conversation that's had in convert in Congress. And we know the ins and outs. Most people don't live their lives this way. <laughs> and, and they're probably a lot happier because of it. And so yeah. <laughs> I would say, I would say for the most part, most people are just like, why is gas still so freaking expensive? Why does it cost so much to get a house? Why does this, why are my electric power? bills through the roof. Why are, why are somebody telling me I may not be able to buy a gas stove? Like these are the kinds of things that regular, normal, disconnected from the political world people are thinking about, are feeling, are hurting about. And I would expect that that's what they want to have be discussed, which is one reason that I think um, in some, you know, that there may be particularly independents who grow tired of the entire conversation being about Trump's legal battles. Mm -hmm, and yeah. so, and they might just be like, enough already. Can we focus on actual <laughs> issues instead of fighting for him to be, you know, getting out of one legal battle only to get wrapped up in, a, in another one? And so there might just be a level of exhaustion about that, that I don't know, is the country ready for a Trump presidency when it already sounds like what that would look like is retribution and just going after all the people that went after him? Like, do we have the stomach for that as a country? I don't know. Totally. I mean, look, to your point, the CBS poll had 68 percent of uh, Americans saying they didn't want to hear anything more about 2020 or legal battles or anything else. They wanted to talk exactly about what you were talking about. And I think that's a low ball. I think, I think that's, that was amongst Republicans. You can only imagine the rest of the general electorate. That's interesting. That's really yeah. going to make the election very, very interesting. The outcome will be so fascinating to me, you know, totally. just based on what you said. Totally. So I've got two things for you. I've got the final three questions, which we ask everybody before <laughs> that before we do that, listen, the one thing we really like about you guys is you have fun. You smile, you laugh, you bring your audience around uh, along with you as you make fun of people. Uh, it seems to be sort of in low supply these days. On the right, the left, I've come to expect it. They're all like Keith Oberman angry all the time. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. So, so, I mean, I, I imagine, look, it's part of your draw. It's like a, a trade secret uh, that you've got that apparently not very many people like to do. But uh, can we be more fun? You think we just be a more fun party? I would love that. We've been trying forever. 
<laughs> that's yeah, that's part of our, I mean, that's part of our thing, but we, it's not an ask for us. I mean, we genuinely do have, fun. if we didn't have fun. We wouldn't do it. We have the, the most fun job in the world. Plus we're best friends and we get to do this every day with each other. And we, we legit have fun every single day. And we always finish this show. Like it's a goal of mine to, because most of the news is so bad, right? Like we we got a report. Okay, Trump was indicted. This happened. The economy sucks. This sucks. The border sucks. (laughs) Everything sucks. And so every time we talk about those things, we try to poke fun at things as much as possible. But we also try to bring some levity at the end. We share some TikToks, some fun videos of things that we just think are cute, whether it's like dogs or cute raccoons or whatever, just to make sure that people aren't leaving like on a down note because yeah, that is hard. I mean, there's so much angry talk radio, talk yeah. TV that we just don't want to contribute to that. Yeah. And there's there's always a screaming husky. Always. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Here's the three questions. Ladies, if you could pick your last meal on earth, what would it be? You want me to go first? Uh, yeah, go for it, Daisy. Texas brisket and cornbread. Yeah. All the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is very predictable. The Texas yeah. gal giving us right down a five iron right down the middle of the fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I would choose uh, the catch of the day at my favorite restaurant here in Indy, which is Salt on Mass Ave. Oh. Uh, but I would have an appetizer of my mom's tomato <laughs> soup because no one makes it better. <laughs> nice. so, and, and everybody knows that Indianapolis is well renowned for their seafood. Right. This is oh, why totally. it's so weird. Indianapolis, the best restaurant in the, Indianapolis. The, the, Indianapolis the shrimp is cocktail, the shrimp yeah, cocktail at St. Elmo's. Also very, <laughs> very right. good. Yeah. They do have good stuff. Yeah. Or you got to go like 600 miles to find a body of water. Yeah, they figure That's, it out. I know, right? Yeah. There, there's airplanes. Yeah. No, or, right. or aquaculture. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that, okay. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Indy's, Indiana's, Indiana's motto is 10,000 years and tidal wave free. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> no risk of climate change and rising right. sea. That's for sure. Uh, all right. So second question, if you ever got into this line of work at all, and you just had this big blue sky in the middle of your lives with the benefit of retrospect that you could choose anything, what would it be, Daisy? Um, I would have either, I probably would have been either an endocrinologist or a full-time rancher. Mm. Those are two very different things. Very different. <laughs> I, know. I know. All over the map. Um, I would say I would say I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing professionally right now Um, but if I could not be doing this and money was no object because I think that's a key part of the question at least sure if money were no object I would be a professional dog petter Mm. (laughs) I love love for animals (laughs) I love that Days, that was it. That was a widespread. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, I could be, I could be an endocrinologist and a rancher at the same time. You can right. do both. Right. <laughs> Going to be a high priest and a sperm bank. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. All right. So uh, final question, you got to uh, bear with me for a minute. Cause it takes a little explanation. Our view is that most successful people are motivated by one of two things, the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. And it's not that you ever enjoy losing or that you don't enjoy winning. It's what makes you continue to work harder, what drives you to the next goal. And, you know, our one example, Michael Jordan is the guy who won championships and every time he won, he enjoyed it for like two minutes. But if you said something to him before the game, he carries that like a backpack for the rest of his life. 
Uh, on the other side, the sunny optimist charging up the hills, self-motivated. They always feel like they can in themselves sort of keep driving uh, within. So with those two poles, where do you find yourselves, Daisy? I'm I'm totally agony of defeat person. I'm the I'm the girl who if you tell me I can't do something, I'm gonna do it extra hard. <laughs> totally. I am the exact opposite. Like I am literally the sunny, optimistic person who's just like, yeah, we can do this. And that's what that's what drives me. And so yeah. I'm I'm all about seeing the victory. I know we can do it. We got this. I that's love it. That's why we're a good team because I was I've always been the risk taker and she's not the risk taker. So we work really well together. I love it. Well, you guys <laughs> are great. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you and follow along with everything that you guys are up to. Um, the best place is to catch us uh, live if you can. We do a live stream podcast every single morning on multiple platforms, whether you're a listener or a watcher. Uh, we are on all the platforms you can imagine, YouTube, Rumble, Locals, Twitter, Getter, all the Facebook pages for now until they kick us off. Um, so there for sure. And then if you're a listener after the fact, that's at 7.30, by the way, 7.30 Eastern every single weekday morning. And then if you prefer to sleep in a little bit and don't want to get up quite that early, then you can obviously watch us or listen to us on demand wherever your favorite podcasts are found. I love it. You guys are great. Thank you for joining us. Let's stay in touch and uh, hopefully we can share more stories along the way. Would love Absolutely. It. Thanks, y'all. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank Take you. care. So awesome interview. These girls are are fun. Uh, they clearly know how to have a good time and actually talk about serious stuff in the process. We have to keep tuning in and uh, hopefully we have them back sometime. Yeah. And I, I love getting people who've um, seen this business before the Trump era and, and our, our conservative voices have been around and have that perspective of of how the you know the party and values have changed over time. I think it's really fascinating. And I love talking to folks who don't live in here in Washington, D.C. and live in other places around the country. Totally, totally. Well, I think we did it. I think so. Absolute banger of an episode. Thanks again to Chicks on the Right for being on today's program. And thank you so much to our listeners. Remember, if you're just a listener, head over to YouTube, subscribe to our channel there, and get in on the fun. So until next time, minions, keep the faith, Hold the line and own the libs. We'll see you on Tuesday. Stay ruthless.